Welcome to Casual Swinger. If you're under 18, the following podcast is not appropriate for you. The subjects and language are for mature audiences only. If you're not mature in nature, just make sure you're old enough to vote. We don't take ourselves seriously, ever. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any opinions or statements made on this podcast, our website, or our blog. It's all in fun, folks. This isn't Dr. Phil. Now, consider yourself the listener properly advised. Welcome back, everybody, to Casual Swinger. I'm one of your hosts, Mallory. Oh, I'm the other guy. Hey, other guy. How you doing? This is Mickey. <laughs> You're pretty cute. Ooh, hey. You want to do some stuff later? Mm. I can think of a few things. Stuff it's... my stocking. Mm, I'll wear a Santa hat. Urgh. That's the only Love hat I'm it. wearing. Just saying. I'm going in raw. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> too much, <laughs> too soon. So what's up, everybody? It's Christmas time. This is that one episode a year where I get to put the jingly Christmas music in it, which is so cute. Yeah, you know, it's festive, but, you know. We get to do things like dirty stockings. I do love dirty stockings. Yeah. Will you yeah. wear stockings for me? That's kind of fun. Like my thigh highs? Mm, maybe. Okay. Don't uh, rip them but, this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're going to talk about Christmas and maybe a little shame to go with all the religion behind Christmas. And Ouch. That got like serious real fast, didn't it? Huh? I know, right? Yeah. This is the shame episode, which kind of, you know, it, I don't know that it really plays with Christmas time and dirty stockings, but we really didn't want this to be one big ad for casual toys. So we want to talk a little bit about religion and spirituality because we met a couple of cool ass people. We're yeah, down in Jamaica. We did. So impactful um, coming out of that conversation with both of them because it was very enlightening for me. Um, something I've come across in the lifestyle especially, but also growing up, is that spirituality and sexuality were very siloed and segregated. In my universe, I mean, I grew up Southern Baptist, so, I mean, sexuality was something that was behind closed doors. I mean, my grandparents slept in separate beds. Literally. So did mine, yes, so exactly. It was just like, I mean, where did we all come from if they're never in the same bed? And when they are, she just yells at him for scratching his balls. <laughs> Stop digging. Scritch, scritch, scritch. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think as far as Christmas time goes, you know, shame uh, and Christmas don't really go together unless you talk about your Amazon no, cart. Oh, my God, woman. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We we did, we did order a, a lot this year. Like, lots of little things, though. What's this like, we didn't shit? go. Well, I mean, your name's in the credit card, too. So, I'm but I, I think there's a tie in there. I mean, you know, Christmas for many people was a, is a Christian holiday, right? So, where religion comes into play there, and then the tie in with shame. I, I mean, I think we made the connection okay. I think we did, too. And these lifestyle friendly pastors that we met yeah. had so many great things to say about finding spirituality in everything. And we thought that this would just be a great time to roll this out for you guys. So, I think so. I agree. You know, we're not the experts on religion, uh, spiritual swingers, Adam and Eve, probably the experts on spirituality and the lifestyle, which is why we went out and found two people that actually are, they're pastors. What's great is they actually found us and right. they were willing to have that conversation. And we had many conversations throughout the week um, where we were able to spend time with them. But this one, I feel very fortunate to be able to share with our listeners. Yeah, you kind of dropped that one on me. You're like, hey, by the way, I found two pastors floating in the ocean. And you know what? In my mind, I really should not be so surprised when we run across, you know, different walks of life as we, you know, have our own adventures. But this one really struck me and they were so kind, so insightful and, and so open to any, you know, dialogue that we had, whether it was an agreement or a disagreement. Yeah, I love that conversation. It, um, but before we get into that, because we have a lot of conversation to have there, and yes, I think you do, and I should do. share our thoughts on it before we get into the interview. But let's talk about where the hell we just got back from, because that was so much fun. That was such a blast. Um, we spent a long-ish weekend in Key West with our great friends of Rachel's Rascals. We had eight December birthdays in this crew. How nuts is that? I'm still wearing the temporary tattoos. Those fuckers will I know. I know. I think we, we got we got tricked here. We're like branded for life. Right. Temporary my ass. <laughs> like I'm going to be part of the birthday squad. Well, at least my right tit is. For like <laughs> I hate boob tattoos, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I have to look at this thing for like six months until it comes off. Oh, stop it. You know, it was so much fun. So we had a really small subsection of the Rascals with us. And we all rented a house. And then we rented a bed and breakfast next door to the house, pretty much, which is where Mallory and I stayed with the squeakiest fucking bed in Key West. Dude, and the like everyone knew when we were having sex. They had to have. Like people walking by because we were in an outside room that had the sidewalk um, one block down from Duval. So there was some traffic there. So sorry. 
Oh, yeah, you looked, sorry. To the pedestrians. So we had us <laughs> a little, passing by our room. little morning sex, and it was great. The bed is just howling, and Mallory's howling, and it's we're having a lot of fun. And, you know, we'd finished up, and she's like, you know, I think there's one more in the chamber. So I was like, well, cool, you work on that. I'll go get you some breakfast, because it's a bed and breakfast. <laughs> so I'll go get you some coffee and this. some bacon. And uh, I go over, and I open the door, and it swings wide open, because, you know, we were new to this place, and we didn't realize how wide these doors yeah. open. And there, right outside our room, is a table with an elderly couple sitting at it and there's Mallory just a masturbating on the I bed. didn't know anyone was outside they were very quiet and I was totally face down ass up getting at it and <laughs> that sorry. guy got an eyeful of your cash and prizes mm, whatever he really did how's my butthole <laughs> yeah, I think he thought it was fantastic it made his day <laughs> but that was a hell of a lot of fun I mean I will tell you this though I did learn a lesson and I always kind of heard stories about how long Florida is we live in Orlando it was seven and a half hours to get to Key West. <laughs> it was a hike. And I, I, when you said you wanted to drive, I was like, um, okay, okay, I love car rides with you. That's fine. We can spend some time together and like, yeah, sure. Sure, we can drive to Cuba. Yeah. That sounds like a great plan. What was so cute is we got to the Keys. You're like, yes, in no time we'll be in Key West. I was like, dude, it's at the end. You still have like two, two and a half hours All with traffic. the way at the end. And do you know what is on that two-lane road? For the most part, it's a two-lane road. There's a couple little spaces where you can race around people. But there's a lot of goddamn old people driving like old people. Also like enormous iguanas. Oh, yeah. We did pass like Godzilla's cousin, an orange iguana that was the size he of a small dog. So huge. He was massive. The dinosaur. But we did spend 16 hours in the truck to spend 36 hours with our friends, and I think that was totally worth it. Absolutely. It was a it was a wonderful time. We packed a lot of memories into that short period of time. Some of those time. memories I'd like to do without, like the naked drag show. I could do oh, that. Oh, no, that's one of my favorites. Of course, one of our rascals would get up there. So they have, like, the striptease competition, and out of the five guys that were up there, three of them are rascals. So I was super proud to be part of the group. Like, those are our friends. Oh, but I, we I all called knew- it, too. I called you it. You did. I said, because I saw Dave get up there, and I'm like, oh, sweet. Swinging dick, it's coming, and bam. Yeah, that yeah, great. Yeah, we knew it was coming. <laughs> Again, super proud of him. Well, and the then, drag queen's face was priceless. Like, oh no, you didn't, honey. You know, they didn't stop playing games when we left because everybody was there. Everybody went home today. Yes, and we yeah. left yesterday. Yeah, we had to work today. And we, you know, all weekend long, we were playing this game we called "Where's Johnny." <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, it was so funny. He just, uh, like, we got a message, what, yesterday? Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, found him. He was at CVS, believe it or not, or wherever the hell he ended up. And I'm like, find a dog. Exactly. Find the if damn you dog, find you'll the dog, find Johnny. Yeah. Uh, we're going to catch up with them, I think, probably in November, unless we see them before that, for a Naked Truth episode. Because they live in the heart of Manhattan, and we're going to talk about what it means to be a lifestyler in the big city. So. Uh- Agreed. I think I'm going to put my foot down. We're going to we're going to make a trip to New York. Okay. Yeah. You're going to twist my arm. I I, love her. Yeah, pretty much. So we're going to go up there and we're going to do that. It's going to be a lot of fun. But we went to Key West at Christmas. And I got to tell you guys, if you ever get the chance, go down there because it's the neatest thing. You're in 80 degree weather. You're in shorts and a T-shirt and everything's decorated for Christmas. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, Fantasy Fest in October is a great time to go down there if you're looking for a big party. And it does give me, like, a. it does remind me a little bit of Bourbon Street, like, as far as the availability of food and drink and... Naked people. Naked people and activities. So, I mean, absolutely do it if you get the opportunity to. So, uh... And also, also, I'm still kind of wondering if we had any, like news outlets pick up any of our crew for like a florida man segment i put a tickler on my google right yeah there's it's almost unquestionable well if johnny had gotten bit in the face by a dog that would definitely would have made it (laughs) because he kept getting down and getting in their grill it's like johnny stop doing that he's like i love dogs that chihuahua tried to chew his arm off (laughs) anyway so let's get on without you know before we get just talk about key west the whole time because we do want to get into the shame Let's get into the crappy ad section of Casual Swear. Stop calling it that. <laughs> We're crying out loud. I don't know what else to call it. But hey, jingle bells, jingle bells. It's Christmas around the corner. And if you guys have not picked up anything for your favorite person, you still have a little bit of time to you order do. from I- Casual Toys. Oh, yes, Casual Toys. I was going to say hi, Massager. <laughs> but those two. <laughs> Well, I can't see. I I have no control over the shipping at High Massager, but I do have some control over the shipping at Casual Toys. Okay, fair enough. And so if you guys still want to get an order in for Casual Toys, make sure that you use the code SDU. 
That's our friends Kate and Daryl from Singapore who are still celebrating Christmas way over there in the heat of Singapore. Uh, and she did it by putting out a newsletter that had all kinds of cool gifts that she loves at Christmas time. So she put in the Fleshlight Quick Shot. Yeah, that's been very popular. So that girl sold more of those. Yeah. Than, like I, she sold us out of them. We actually sold out and got more in. Yep, we sure did. So that thing is super popular. Apparently, it's really popular for using while you give a blowjob. Not that we would know because we sell them all before I get to use one. Don't know what to tell you. You, run, you own the store, damn it. Order one. <laughs> so anyway, go check out Casual Toys and pick up some cool stuff. Check out Kate's newsletter. If you're not a part of her newsletter, sign up and get that newsletter, and you'll get that code and some of her favorite toys. Remember, that code is SDU. Oh, awesome. Also, they go to Desire, too. They have a Desire code that we're going to put in the notes. Yeah, so going to Desire, they actually have an affiliate link, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you can book anytime that's convenient through you. And you also get a little bonus, don't you? Yeah, you do. You get a $50 gift certificate to Casual Toys. Boom. See, <laughs> see how I made that segue? I like how you did that. You know, and something else, I just talked to Steve from High Massager today as well. I hadn't talked to him in a while, and they're doing really well. So they're actually rolling out a new website, and they're separating the therapeutic sales for High Massager from the sexual sales of High Massager. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's really neat. So there's going to be highmassager.com, which will be more sexual, and women and couples, which will be more for therapy. You know, the High Massager is one of Mallory's favorite toys. It absolutely is. That thing is very impressive. I, I I can go on and on about it, but it's so unique compared to the other, you know, toys that are out there of its creed. Um, I can see how it's used for therapy. I actually did use it therapeutically um, last month during my monthly. Sorry. I know. Gross. But it, it helped a lot. But it's also an amazing vibrator. So. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's it's therapeutic, and the side effect is monstrous orgasm. So in talking to Steve today, it looks like we are going to be able to carry that on casualtoys.com. So oh, we're going to cool. work that out. Can't wait to release that. But in the meantime, you can buy it on womenandcouples.com. And remember, it's awesome. Mallory loves it. And you guys get a $50 discount if you use the code CASUALSWINGER. So don't forget, CASUALSWINGERS your code for womenandcouples.com. I do, I do. So can we fast forward to January? Oh, that's that's like 18 days from now. It is. Do you know how many podcasters are coming down? It's crazy. A billion? Uh, it's like it's like PCAP light, right? Cause is it? Our Naughty Escapades, Euphoria Chronicles, Swinging Down Under, uh, Casual Swinger. And, well, of course, you know, because they live in Orlando, too. Mixed uh, Nuts, yeah. That's right. Mixed yeah. Nuts. So, uh, that's Corey and Brenda. So we're going to have, like, five podcasts at Secrets Friday and Saturday. Uh, that's January, what, 3rd and 4th, 4th and 5th? I believe so. It's I right after New Year's. 3rd and 4th. If you guys have ever been to a lifestyle club on New Year's, it's craziness. It is. It's insane. and It's expensive. Well, it, and it's a great party, but it does it, it does present its own challenges. And we've done New Year's Eve parties in the lifestyle now. I think out of the almost 14 years, we've done probably 10 or 11 New Year's mm -hmm. Eve parties that yeah. are lifestyle focused. And we've had some good times. We've had some great times. I think this year we're taking it off because we, we wanted to be, yeah, we wanted to hang out with our folks there, you know, that following weekend. And we really couldn't do both this year. Mm -mm. Well, so. And if I was going to party somewhere in, in the lifestyle in Central Florida, it would absolutely be secrets. So don't get me wrong here. But if it doesn't appeal to you, if you've got the kids, you can't break away, you want to do something or different. Or you just need to wait till the weekend because work, whatever. Yeah. Right. Then this is going to be an epic event. So we're actually working and we've actually got a call. As soon as we're done recording, we're going to catch up with Kate and we're going to sit down and figure out what some of these games we're going to do are. But we've got games coming your way, events, hanging out with some of the coolest podcasters around and Casual Swinger because I don't know that oh, they fall in the same well, group. And don't forget Double Date Nation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, they don't have a Come podcast. On. But this is, so we're calling this event Double Your Pleasure. And why? Because it's sponsored by Double Date Nation. Yes. So let's yeah. talk about Double Date Nation. Yeah, they have a hot new platform, super sexy, easy to use. Not to mention Dave and Andy are amazing human beings. Yeah, they're super cool. So I can't wait to hang out with those guys and kind of grow our community on dad, on Double Date Nation. Yeah, yeah. I'm just called a Double Dad Nation, and so that just sounds wrong. It's That sounds kinky. A little. Like, We're going to back hey. that up, put a pin in it, talk about it later in <laughs> private. If you guys are interested, uh, check out Double Date Nation and use code, was it Casual Swinger or just, just Casual? casual? Okay, use code CASUAL um, to get some free time to try it out. So all that cool stuff going on, we've got one more big thing, we need, or two more big things we need to throw your way. The first of which is Podcast Palooza. It is over 60% sold out. You know, if you don't know what FOMO is, you will if you miss this mofo. 
Yeah, it's fear of missing out. We right. all have it. Don't lie. Don't don't try to like deplete that part of your ego. Right. We, and it's, we all get it. So you think that list that for like what I call it PCAP light is something you ought to see who's coming to PCAP, right? Average swingers is going to be there. We got a thing. Swinger diaries, sex uninterrupted, us swinging down under, monogamous marriage, sapphic. Oh, you were looking at me. I was like, I don't know. Let me go look at my notes again. <laughs> my brain is fried. fried. We've got so many great people coming in made a podcast of Palooza. So check out our show notes and make sure you book. Because if you haven't booked soon, my guess is as soon as these holidays are over, it's going to happen. Don't miss it. Yeah. Everyone's going to finish planning, you know, their vacations, long weekends, so on and so forth. So I oh, yeah. we encourage you guys to get in there early. So the last bit, say you came into a few extra bucks after, you know, your big Christmas bonus, your jelly of the month club voucher, whatever it may be. February is right around the corner here. And we still have a couple rooms left for our rascals trip. We do. And we're hosting in February. That's going to be a lot of fun. And don't forget, we've got our first lifestyle only trip to Hito that we're hosting in June. That's right. In June. So when, like we said, your crotch goblins are out of school, you can send them to grandma's. You can come hang out with us at Hito. And that's going to be with the folks from iOS Connections and Dirty Perv Week. Woohoo! Gosh, it's going to be a wonderful 2020. I'm so looking forward to it. So with any of this travel information we just gave you guys, you have questions, hit us up at podcast.casualswinger.com or go to casualswinger.com and click travel with us and you can hit us up there. That's right. And we were just answering some folks earlier today about we that. We did. All right. So before we get on with the rest of the show, what do you, what are your thoughts, Mallory, on spirituality? And do you think that you're a spiritual person and a swinger? Is oh, yeah, possible? absolutely. I know I'm a spiritual person and a swinger, but I've always been hesitant to call myself a religious person because mm-hmm. I guess subconsciously, and this is before we had this conversation with the pastors, before I always thought it was unacceptable for me to have both. And it, and to me, that made a lot of sense because I think that's kind of the societal norm. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, well, I'm a raging atheist, so I don't, <laughs> I don't believe in any, you know, any of that stuff. So it, I don't have any Well, issues. spirituality is more than Christianity. It's mm, way true. more than that. I and mean, it encompasses a lot of things. And see, I think that's what did me wrong because growing up in a religious household and then, you know, getting into theology in college and trying to figure out what all this stuff meant, all I really came to terms with is that no one agrees with each other. <laughs> and that, But that everything that I felt, I mean, on almost every religion out there was wrong. Like every single thing that I was turned on by or that I thought, something they was telling me that was not okay and that I had to do it some other way in order to fulfill the tenets of whatever their religion was. That was never cool. Was that only related to sex though or was it kind of across the board for you because... In a lot of ways, I like the ideals or the moral compasses that a lot of different religions or faiths give. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's some in there that that really hold value to me, like be kind to your neighbor. You know what I mean? Like That's just, a swinger just thing. be a good person. Well, <laughs> I think swingers tend to be a little more spiritual. Okay. Well, I just think swingers love thy neighbor. but <laughs> thy, thy neighbor's wife. Right. Covet thy neighbor's wife regularly. Uh, no. Well, all right. So, you know, for me, it definitely is more about sex than it is. I actually had a friend once who was hyper Christian. Mm-hmm. And she always said I was the best Christian she knew. And because even though I didn't step foot in a church, I'm actually not allowed to step a foot in a few churches for a couple of reasons. But uh, in this particular case, she just said that I literally fulfilled everything that they asked each other to do with the exception of, of loving God. And, and my, my answer to that is always, which one? Because there's so many gods out there, depending on what you, what you study. But what I did find through all of my studies is that love is the prevailing theme. Mm-hmm. And in every religion, even the ones that have been demonized, bastardized, or twisted for man's own end. And I think for me as, as a lifestyler, you know, religion doesn't have anything to do with it, but love has everything to do with it. Looking out for each other, caring for each other, being kind to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting, all those things. Putting others first, yeah. Yeah, all Absolutely. those things resonate to me. Very insightful. Yeah, you know what? That's how I roll. Insights yeah. by Mickey, casual yeah. swinger. So, yeah, for, for me, this conversation with Mitch and Cindy um, is, is going to hold a special place in my heart for a very long time, al- along with many of the conversations we've had with them. We don't have it currently, but um, they are going to give us an email address or website um, for people to contact them with questions and just some open dialogue around the concept of being sexual and spiritual. 
Absolutely. And you know, when that happens, we'll go back and put that in the show notes, but I'll also throw it out on Twitter and Instagram too. So people can find them because I think they're a great resource. And when you get to hear Mitch talk, wow. Yeah. Well, both of them, both Mitch and Cindy, I was so impressed with them. They currently work in, I hate to say it, but the, the vanilla side of this counseling and, um, what do they call it again? Honestly, I don't remember either. Okay. I just know they're pastors. And, they're and they're and pastors they're and they, they do a lot of group work and guidance. Because one of the stories that Cindy was, or pieces that Cindy gave us um, in the audio we picked up, was one of the things that could happen in religion because being sexual and physically affectionate is so frowned upon. What if you're in your mid-30s or early 40s before you get married? Do you know how to be physically affectionate with somebody else? Have you missed your prime years when you're learning that? Because, I mean, the societal norms are, what, you get married in your 20s, have kids before 30 or around 30 now. Like, Mm -hmm. it's still very, like, structured, two and a half kids, picket fence, dog. What if that's not your schedule? What if that's not what God had in store for you? What if you're 38? Yeah. well, And And they're dealing with some of the, the, the shameful, well, the shame as well, but... Some of the uh, psychological and emotional factors that come in. Yeah. Well, and think about that. If you go that long depriving yourself of that sort of affection and that sort of attention, that does lead to shame and then to guilt. Yeah. And once you have guilt, I mean, we can go all Star Wars here and that leads to anger and that leads to regret and that leads to things that are just See, all you are very spiritual. toxic. Well, yeah, I say, sorry, so what? I'm a force practitioner. What do you want? <laughs> I'm going to use the force. No, 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 no. Ooh, it just came. Pleasure. <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get into this interview with Mitch and Cindy, who are the lifestyle positive pastors. We're not going to do a segment today. Uh, the reason, because this is going to run a little long and it's going to run that full hour. So we want to give you guys the opportunity to hear what they had to say. And we want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. And we will be back with you uh, probably just before New Year's. Yes. And your- Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah's over Christmas this year. Oh, it is. That's right. So, yeah. you know, happy holidays, right? I mean, I it's funny. I'm sitting here saying I'm not a Christian, but I'm wishing everybody Merry Christmas. What I wish you is a great time and happiness with the people you care about the most. Yes. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> All right, Tiny Tim. You want to tell everybody where to find us so we can jump into this interview? All right, our peoples. We are Casual Swinger Everywhere. That is Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, SDC, SLS, Double Date Nation, Quiver, and Cassidy. If you want to reach out to us, podcast at casualswinger.com is our email, and you can find us at casualswinger.com. All right, folks, get ready. We got a great interview coming your way. You're listening to Casual Swinger. Hey everybody, welcome back to Casual Swinger. My name's Mickey. And I'm Mallory. So we're sitting here at Hedonism 2 with Mitch and Cindy. We found these guys, actually I think they might have found us on the beach, kind of how it worked. I don't know how you put that. We ran into each other in the water. Yeah, we did, literally. Stumbled across each other. So we decided to come up here to the piano bar and sit down with these folks because they had one of the most unique stories I think we found Agreed. Yeah. here this week. And, and it really felt like it was something that needed to be an entire show. And that's spirituality in the lifestyle and around the lifestyle and really defining the word lifestyle as who we are and how we live and how we interact with other people. Uh, somebody asked me just the other day, you know, how much of your time in the lifestyle is spent having sex? And I said, maybe 2%. Most of it's the friendships, the relationships, the time we spend, the laughs we have. And then Mitch and Cindy, as pastors, ironically enough, that's right, we're sitting here, folks, with two pastors who are lifestyle friendly. And I thought, wow, that's so cool, right? Because you guys live in a very spiritual existence. So do us a favor. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, You guys are from the West Coast. Uh, tell us how spirituality has kind of led you to this place. I mean, how in the world, how in the hell did you end up at Hito? When did you come to Hito the first time? And what kind of spiritual experience has that been for you? 
Yeah, great. Thanks, Mickey and Mallory. It's been so good to meet you guys, by the way, and hang out and to just have fun conversations together as well. Yeah, we first came to this place back in 1989, I think it was, so many decades ago. And uh, it was a very different place then. But we realized there was something different. There was a level of people able to have fun together and able to let go and able to find freedom. And uh, because we were involved in such religious environments, I think we probably realized in a lot of religious environments, people aren't having fun. And something's wrong with that because fun is very spiritual. Joy is very spiritual, right? Churches often talk about joy or about happiness or finding fulfillment in life. But you look around and it's like, well, you should tell your face if you're going to have, you know, yeah. you're not having a lot of fun. You're not having a lot of joy. So for us, yeah, it began being able to connect as, as a married couple to be able to bring the joy we found with each other back to the relationships and people that we knew. And the one thing we've always noticed is that there was something different in our experience when we could come to a place like this that helped us deal with shame. If there was one word, it would probably mm. be shame that many people live with, right? And religion is highly involved with shame, but often it's giving people more shame rather than helping them take the shame away that was never meant to be in their lives in the first place. And we think that's an issue. So for us, um, it's been, I think, decades of being married. We're in our, f what, fourth decade now of being married? Third decade of being married, whatever it's been, over 30 years. And uh, there's something that gets embedded that really does damage. When we were getting married, we were counseled by a pastor that was going to do our own wedding. And he said, if you guys screw up, which means if you screwed or you <laughs> did anything, if you, if you touched, if you did anything, I'm not going to do your wedding. And I realized at that point, he embedded shame in us that was being embedded in tons of other people. Instead of celebrating and embracing and encouraging you. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There was no sense of joy in the fact that God created se sex, mm -hmm. that God created a couple to come together, that God created that as a good thing to bond you together. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. That's really hard to do without sex. I agree. Yeah. You know, no diss to in vitro fertilization and stuff you need to do <laughs> for those folks that have that issue. But yeah, be fruitful and multiply is, I think, like the first command yeah. in the Bible. Think yeah, hand jobs don't get that done. Do no. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, shame. And we realized by being around an environment like this and being around it with fun people like mm -hmm. you guys, it really helps to rid yourself of that shame because that shame affects many other areas of your life and it impacts yeah. the way you're able to be a friend mm -hmm. or a parent or the kind of shame you pass on to your own children mm -hmm. and the damage it does in them. So we've been working on this stuff for a long time, first in us and then with the hope of sharing it with others. Yeah, it started for us with nudity and body shame. There's so mm. much body shame in culture. We're, we don't look like the Victoria's Secret models. We don't look like... Or whatever picturesque, yeah, is... Magazine is, cover. Is popular, And so yeah. we... I've even heard some people say they won't even look at themselves in the mirror. Wow. And that's a really sad statement. And so the nude beach actually has helped us deal with those issues within us. And it's a slow process. Things don't happen overnight necessarily. Right. And so for me and us, it was just a process of, okay, it feels, it's okay to be nude in front of other people. It actually takes down barriers it really and you does. get to know people yeah. better because you're not covering up with makeup or clothes or, you know, your jewelry is your anklet, you know, yeah. and it's just, uh, it's was helpful for us to have that opportunity to be naked in front of other people. Sure. The it's vulnerability a, is down and you yeah. have a commonality right away. Exactly. You make friends so quickly. Yeah. Because you have that commonality right off the bat. It's a great equalizer. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And everyone's got their mask off. I love how women always say that nudity is their great equalizer. You've never had a dude with a huge penis standing next to you. <laughs> There's nothing equal about that. You're like, really? All men are created equal, my ass. One of our favorite stories, she says I always blame her, but way back in the day, we were really young and we'd go to the beach on our day off and it was a really secluded beach where nobody was there. And we're coming home one day and she goes, there's nobody there. I think I could take my top off, right? And I could tan topless. 
And I'm like, that's a great idea, honey. <laughs> Let's go back. So we went back next week. He and says she, it's my, I started it. And she did. So she took her top off and that's where it started. And it was great. And uh, it was just a fun experience. And it started there. There was something about no shame, being in the sun. But then one day it got even a little bit more fun. And she always said she had been tanning topless that day, but she took her thong off. And then she reached into our beach bag and pulled out a thing of like Hawaiian tropic oil. And I'm like, I don't know where this is going, but it looks kind of good at this point. Right it's now. about to be a really good time. And she reaches down, she pulls my trunks off, and she rubs the oil all over me. Wow. And it, yeah, and so she oiled me up really good. I call it instinct. <laughs> I'm yeah, because I asked her, where did that come from? Where yeah. did you learn that? She's like, I don't know, just instinct, I guess. She gets me oiled up and she rides me on the beach in this gorgeous beach with the waves breaking. And not only do I love this girl, but I realize, you know, this is where shame goes away. Mm -hmm. And here's a spiritual part of it. You're not only bonding as a couple, but creation, you're in this beautiful spot of yeah. creation around you. The sun feels amazing. The sand is just fun. The waves and the beach is amazing. So that was decades ago. And we still look back and go, that was a hugely spiritual experience. Yeah. That was a sexual spiritual experience. And we look back and go, that was amazing. You know, the first time we came here way back in, you know, the day that we already shared here at Hedo, uh, there was just a nude beach and that was it. There was no nude pool. You couldn't do anything. Around. That's right. It was more like camping. It was more like, yeah, yeah, it was completely different. But we took a horseback ride over to Bloody Bay and uh, with a group of people. And as we were on the horseback ride, um, we're going down and some Jamaican couple fucking against a horse. <laughs> <laughs> And we're like, this is a nice beach. We're coming back to this beach. <laughs> so after the horseback ride, I think it was the next day, right? We got our gear. We walked over to Bloody Bay. At that point, there's no hotels on it. It was just this gorgeous stretch of beach. And uh, that was the first Caribbean beach we ever mm -hmm. fucked on um, as we came. And nobody was there either. And nobody was there. We could have hung out just all day in this beautiful spot. So it's these little instances. And we yeah. always say couples don't look for those things enough sometimes. You have to agree. You know, and for us, I feel maybe it's real basic for many of your listeners. You know, I like to think of it's beautiful because it's connecting mm -hmm. with creation. Yeah. And it's getting you to a place to say, how do you deal with shame? How do you connect with a, a partner, a spouse, and have so much fun together? and do it in the be most beautiful place imaginable. Yeah. yeah, I feel my most spiritual when I'm connecting with nature, honestly. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, it, our listeners here are probably picking up a theme of shame that we have as, as religious people, or if you're raised religious, whether it's Catholic or Protestant or, or, or whatever, right? And Christianity always has this element of shame or that religion has to be a punitive measure if you don't somehow conform to the tenets of that religion. So as pastors, do you find that lifestyle people feel shame about having attraction to others outside of their marriage when they're told so specifically to only value the person that they're married to and only see them in that light and have them in that light and feel that connection with those people? Is it difficult for people in the lifestyle to come to terms with their sexuality because of that shame? I think it is. Uh, and, and I would just go even broader and say it's difficult for everybody to deal with shame. Yeah. We just deal with it different. Some mm -hmm. of us compensate for it differently. Some of us hide it. Some of us escape from it. Some of us anesthetize it with alcohol, drugs, or whatever because mm -hmm. we don't want to feel it. And often what people don't realize is that the root of many other issues is shame. It's mm -hmm. a shame-based living and a shame-based culture. And many of your listeners probably came from churches and environments that helped promote that shame. Right. And so it's deeply embedded in there somewhere. And I think sometimes even if we look like we're not over it, there are ways that shame manifests itself in our lives. Mm -hmm that um, come out in other ways. It's like, it's like sure. the whack-a-mole game. Yeah, and if I had to do a word association, I think uh, denial and repression kind of go hand in hand if we're talking about shame, totally. which uh, does a lot of damage, especially when you're talking over a, the course of your life. Yeah, yeah, it does. And the hard part is, so someone, whether they're in the lifestyle or wherever they are, they go to want to um, find affirmation, validation sure. mm -hmm. in something. Who do you talk to for that, right? If they That's go to their question. church, yeah. if they go to their church, chances are they're not going to get a very sex positive 
hearing there in the counseling of that, which is really sad. It is because yeah, yeah, sex is a part of every human being. It's a part of everything. So you you have to have a place to talk about it. So I really think that yeah, shame is there in everyone. It just depends how it manifests itself. Shame is not good. It's never healthy. Mm -hmm. um, God doesn't want us to live in that shame. Mm -hmm. And many people would feel like shame came. Shame has nothing to do with God. And so for those listeners that kind of look at their church experience, their God experience, and think that God created shame, if you go back to the original um, Genesis story mm -hmm. of Adam and Eve, right, and they were naked and were not ashamed. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, a couple chapters in, this thing called sin enters the race, right? Mm -hmm. There's this fruit, weed, an apple, something like that. You know, this, many would think a mythical story. Some think yeah. it's a literal story, so it depends who you ask. But nonetheless, it's an amazing story. Exactly. But shame enters, and what's the first thing they do? They cover up. Mm -hmm. But was that God's intent? Was that God's ideal? It wasn't, right? They, God didn't want that to happen. He didn't want that covering to take place. He made the fig leaves in the story in order to help them with their shame. Mm -hmm. But the question is, were they ever supposed to stay there and live mm. in it? And I don't think so. I don't think the answer was. And I think, I think one of the greatest freedoms or one of the greatest things for those that experience God's love or God's grace is to be able to feel that freedom and joy. Mm -hmm. And if you need to call it forgiveness, call it what you want, but being able to break free from a shame-based background. And that's happening hugely today. There's a whole movement out there known as the anti-purity culture movement. Yeah. Many of the ladies, girls, women who listen to your podcast, probably at some point in their past, maybe were given a purity ring. Mm -hmm. Maybe a dad comes along and gives a daughter a purity ring. And, and there's nothing wrong about a dad and a daughter talking about sex. That's a great thing, right? That's yeah, a great absolutely. thing to talk about it so that you can come and talk to me about anything. That's just super. Where the problem comes is within the purity culture, the purity movement that said, here's this ring. And if you ever blow it, right? If you yeah. ever have sex, you're now damaged goods. You're yeah. used goods. Well, what is that? That's more shame mm -hmm. heaped on that person. And now we know years later, decades later, that that has done so much damage. Uh, a, a pastor, female pastor, Nadia Boltz Weber, did this hilarious movement last year where she encouraged ladies to send in their purity rings if they still had them. And she got, I don't know how many dozens or hundreds of rings she got, but they melted down the gold and molded it into a golden vagina. Nice. <laughs> that's a beautiful statement. It is. And it's a pastor that's doing it. Yeah. That says, look, ladies, you were shamed in the past, but you don't have to because vaginas are beautiful. Let's make a golden one out of your purity ring so you can turn your back and say, I'm done with the damage that was done to me. That you were broken. You're not even pure enough to be a gift to your husband yeah. when you do marry yeah. this person. You're like broken goods. You're not any, you're not as good as yeah. you should be. Yeah. It's immediate devaluation. Yeah. And then a right. constant right. effort to, to make sure you stay that way. Mm -hmm. uh, we, before we started recording, I found it interesting. Um, what does that do? Say somebody doesn't get married till they're 25 or 30. What does that do to their ability to provide affection if they've never been able to explore so that's their sexual side. Right. Just yeah. any kind of touch. Those uh -huh. things yeah. are kind of taboo, maybe. Yeah. And we've changed our views on this. Yeah. Yeah. We feel like, you know, of course, you know, we were thinking we wanted our daughter to stay pure till marriage. Well, mm -hmm. you know, that was when she was younger, you know, you kind of have those ideals. You want sure. this ideal uh, upbringing for your child. Absolutely. And then, you know, they don't get married till later. Yeah. And you're like... Well, that's probably not the best route because then you're just stifling everything and yeah. it's all buried. Your natural sexual right. feelings, mm -hmm. those yeah. things are not uncommon. Those are natural. Right. Those are there for a reason right. and they get buried too often. So you use the word reason and I think it stands to reason that it's unreasonable to expect somebody to not have that sort of an interaction, right? Especially our children. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have conversations with our kids on the regular. Our youngest is, is a teenager these days. And he's doing exactly what teenage boys do regularly with ferocity. Mm. Right? On the regular. And uh, the thing I tell him is, I expect it. And I'm not going to stop you. But I am going to ask you not to get your education from the internet. 
Mm. If you have a question, Mm. come ask me about it. I may not like it. I may not like what you're asking me about, but I'll always be honest with you. And Mm. I've done that with all of my kids. But it kind of, I'm going to tie all of this back that we're talking about right now to the lifestyle because this is casual swinger after all. And we talk about shame and what shame leads to. Shame leads to lies because I have to tell you whatever makes me comfortable and less shameful in presenting myself to you. And when I present myself to you, I present myself to Mallory. Um, It isn't necessarily my true self if I feel shame, which means I'm lying to you, which means my communication is broken. And anybody that listens to this show knows that the number one thing in the lifestyle is communication. I have to be able to communicate with my wife to know what our boundaries are. I have to be able to communicate with you and your wife to know what your boundaries are and your comfort levels are and how not to break any of that trust that we've built between us in the path of communication that we have. But if I feel shame, Mm -hmm. I lie. And if I lie, the communication isn't real. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't real, our relationship is broken from the beginning. Mm -hmm. How do we fix that? How do you fix that spiritually and how do we fix that personally? Lifestyle or not, Mm -hmm. what's the first step? Mm -hmm. First thing that comes to my mind is it's about relationships. Um, we were created for relationships. We were never created to be alone. You go back to the yeah. Bible, it even says it's not good for, again, gender language here, but for, man, for the man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And so the woman gets created and there's this sense of the two needing each other. Mm-hmm. Some think that's like a marriage verse. I think it's more a relationship verse. Mm-hmm. We need people. So I think one of the best places to come back to is who can I find to talk to about it? Back to communication. Who do I find that's a safe person? Like, mm-hmm. right? We could float up to each other on the beach with you guys. We start talking. It's easy to get deep pretty fast yes, when you're in a place yeah. like this yeah. and start talking. And you just don't do, you know, it's no like snorkeling. We go scuba diving in conversation down deep really quick. That's healing. If you find a safe place and you're able to share that with somebody, that can be so healing. The shame gets dealt with and everything. Now, the caveat there is you've got to know who's safe and who's not safe because you guys might have had this as well. We've had some bad experiences with trying to share parts of ourselves with someone thinking they were safe and then they were not. And then they go tell somebody else. So one of the cautions is, yes, you need to talk. You need to share with others. You need to talk deeply about what's going on in your life, but make sure that's a safe person before you, you know, spill yeah. your guts out there. We've encountered some of that. You know, our listeners know that we moved to Florida recently in the last few years. And something changed for us. We stopped being ashamed of, of who we are. Now, we're not out. We don't run around, you know, waving it in anybody's face. But if for some reason somebody were to say, oh, those, those guys are swingers. And? Yeah. That's a you problem if you have an issue with it. Yep. It's not a me problem. I didn't ask you to fuck me. Yeah, I didn't, and I certainly didn't ask you to fuck my wife. And by the way, she would never fuck you, dude. <laughs> so, but if somebody has an issue with it and wants to start judging somebody about it, our our concern is actually our kids. Yeah, that somebody's going to give our kids a hard time because they're not equipped to fight back the way we are mentally and personally and, and linguistically. You know, we we have the weapons that somebody would very much regret doing that to yeah. us, but they don't. Yeah, and so spiritually. Where do you go? I mean, because if you go to your church, you're going to be told no. They have a book that they reference. Yeah. They all do. Every every religion does. Yeah. Where do you go? How do you have that conversation and say, how's my relationship with God affected by my attraction to other people? Right, because the other side of that equation is if you go to the clinical side, psychology, therapy, you know, it's a much more clinical, potentially clinical version of the conversation and not as spiritual. So where's that merriment of the right. two? Right. I think there's a huge movement going on right now that we're going to begin seeing more and more of that realizes that God is in everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas it used to be like, if you don't go to church, you can't find God. So you do your God thing on a Sunday or whenever Mm. that if you believe that God created this beauty around us for those that do. And if you don't, um, whatever, you know, your divine being is that you believe how we all got here or you know that god did the big bang thing started it we still have got this amazing creation we don't know nobody knows exactly but we're here now but we're here now (laughs) we're surrounded by beauty and if you can be in touch with that so and whether that's from you know we feel when you go out in the sun 
it's amazing, right? It feels awesome to have the sun be down. It, when you're in water, that feels amazing. The elements themselves. So many would say that God is in everything. Not that God is everything, but God is in everything. And there's a whole movement uh, around that right now. There was a book that was written this last year called The Universal Christ. Okay. Okay. Now this is different. So it's not like people would say, this is by Richard Rohr. And it's an amazing book uh, where he, and he's a Franciscan. Um, he's a Franciscan monk. Uh, has a wonderful organization called the Center for Action and Contemplation. And so he wrote a book called The Universal Christ. And his assessment is Christ is in everything. It's an, he calls it another name for everything. So you don't have to go into a church building to find Christ. You don't have to do whatever your religion might have told you you did. That if you want to experience Christ, you can find that on a beach. You can find it in nature. You can find it in a group of people. You can find it in your community where the greatest need is. And I think there are many people, especially younger millennials and such, that are going, that's a religion I can get behind. That's an understanding because religion is from the Latin word religio and it's like religament. It's meant to connect people back together, not tear them apart. And so much of religion has torn people apart, especially young people are looking, how can I be a part of something that matters? How can we put this back together? And I can't find a church. I don't want to go to a church or the church did damage to me or I don't want to be told to believe that way. Whatever the case would be, there's so many issues. The church in America is declining hugely today and we know that, but that doesn't mean spirituality is declining. People need to know how to find spirituality in the places in between. And I think we're seeing a huge movement to see what does that look like to find Christ in everything, God in everything, and to be able to go, that's worship. I think this week, anyway, God is an age block at hedonism because some woman was calling him repeatedly. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I'm like, bitch, quit calling him. He's not going to answer. <laughs> he's there I already. heard someone else doing it a couple days ago. There it is. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's around he's here somewhere. Guy. Right. He's a guy. Right? Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's interesting that you say, though, that, that God's all around us, that God is in everything, right? And yet the problem with religion is that it's weaponized. The problem with everything is that when we weaponize it, when, I mean, capitalism is a wonderful thing until you weaponize it, right? Kindness is a wonderful thing until you weaponize it, until it becomes, there's something in it for me. And I think religion has been weaponized by man and has been bastardized repeatedly and, and just reformulated for man's own ends. And then when we talk about the lifestyle, it can be weaponized too. Sure. Right? We, we, we meet couples even here on this beach where one of them is here because their husband or wife drugged them here and they're really not having a good time. That's an awful thing to see. That means there's something beautiful like hedonism in its name. The right? pursuit of pleasure has been now weaponized. Now they have their walls up and they're not going to feel free to go out there and have the experience because it wasn't on their terms. Yeah, sure. that's well, what you're saying. And, and, it doesn't you know, happen it, often. But. It doesn't happen often, but it, we've seen it. I mean, we've been coming here a long time as well. And I think for us, and from a spiritual perspective, we definitely see people hiding their spirituality when they're here. Uh, and very rarely do we see somebody openly maybe praying before dinner mm -hmm. uh, because they feel like maybe they can't yeah. because it doesn't exist here. Um, or they have, and so now that shame works the other way, that they don't feel like they can be who they are everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. You know, we have lots of people we run into, whether it's at Naughty in New Orleans or at the, or one of our local clubs, who are like, I gotta be up for church in the morning. And it's like, you're a better person than I am because I'm going to be out till three in the morning and I'm going to sleep till 10. <laughs> right? So what are, your, what are you guys' feelings on spirituality and as it affects the lifestyle? Do you think it's becoming more prevalent, less prevalent? I mean, I know shame is, is definitely a big factor of it. Are people overcoming it? I know the lifestyle is becoming more prevalent. We're seeing it more and more every day. There was just a in special... mainstream media, yeah. Mainstream mm -hmm. media, yeah. So do you think that at some point those paths will cross more than they do today and people will be comfortable with saying, you know, I believe in more. I believe in a higher power. I believe that, you know, that there's something out there for me and there's joy in my life. Right, and that I can be a sexual creature and, and I can raise this lifestyle yes. and still like, be spiritual. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like people 
they, they can feel like they can only have one or the other. And as coaches, yeah. are you guys working toward that? Is that something, what are you working toward if not that? Yeah, great. Thank you. That's, that's the goal is to be able to find that place where all the parts come together and they're yeah. integrated in a way that you've dealt with some shame. You have some safe places to go in community and talk with people. And now you're at a place where you're able to search for, hey, how can I live this life to the fullest? Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? So I think the answer to your question is yes. The short answer is yes. The sad part is when people don't have the resources, take the time or understand, how do you bring those parts all together? How do you enjoy it in such a way that it isn't just something I go away from my disconnected life? How do I bring it back to a place where I realize the spiritual touches everything? Mm -hmm. It's when I'm here. It's when I'm doing what I'm doing no matter where I go. And it's back at home. It's every single day. It's with family. It's when I'm alone. And so when people are starting to understand that, I think that can be one of the most positive ways to live. Because when you cut spirituality out of your life, and granted, many people cut God out of their lives, become atheist, agnostic, whatever, or choose that, there's still spirituality. You cannot be, you, you, know, you, you are always spiritual. And so the goal, I think, is to look for ways to find that, and like you said, not be ashamed of it, to be able to integrate it, and to bring it into the relationship as two people connect as friends connect, as people, I mean, you, you sense that when you even feel touch, when you give a hug at a place like yeah. this, mm -hmm. there's a hug and then there's a hug yes. mm -hmm. and you sense the spirituality in yeah. the midst of a deep hug, yes. right? I mean, you can do that if you put your hand on someone's heart. We did the uh, Tantra couples massage this week here and one of your experiences, do you yeah, want to describe Yeah, one of them? my best experience was... Uh, the woman that was massaging me, she put my hand on her heart mm -hmm. and then uh, my hand on my heart. And so we were, I was able to feel our hearts beating together. And wow. there was just a spiritualness, a, a connection, a human connection mm -hmm. to our bodies, but it was spiritual too. It was a connection between our body and our spirit. Oh. And uh, you had said to me before we came here, let's try to have a... A, what was it? A spiritual, uh, I'm trying to... Oh, a spiritual experience, a, have, have a relational experience. No, but you said have a spiritual experience as a human. Like, not just a human having a spiritual experience. Let's be gotcha. spiritual having a human experience. It can go both ways. Oh, like, I do we view ourselves as more spiritual or more human? Like, we can be spiritual having a human experience, or we can be a human having a spiritual experience. So, depending on where you are and how you think about that... It values the human body. I love that, that. That can be spiritual, but then our human bodies can then have a spiritual experience. So, so that's probably a little bit of a mind fuck. Don't press rewind because, <laughs> yeah. because we're, we're going to talk about that for a second. So we're talking about duality here. We're talking about that we can be both spiritual people and just straight up animals at the same time or different times and animals can have spiritual experiences but spiritual beings can have very animalistic experiences and it doesn't cloud the waters of either is that what we're saying and i think the better way to say that mickey is to think how do i move from dualistic experience to a holistic experience okay. so it's not either or it's yes. both and Okay, so we naturally tend to, in our Western mind, separate those things into yeah. either or. Mm -hmm. That's dualistic. But to realize, no, we are created in integrated ways where everything touches each other, and that's holistic. And when you can find that and live into that, that's what yoga tries to teach us. They have yoga here on the beach every morning. That's an awesome thing. That's a spiritual experience. Okay, now someone goes, it's an Eastern spiritual experience. Yeah, but that's a spiritual experience. So some in the West aren't as used to it. Yoga is becoming more popular than it ever has. Now we have Tantra. We just mentioned the Tantra. That's another Eastern experience. That's an amazing holistic spiritual experience. So fine. evangelicalism has not tapped into. No. It stayed separate. And many are scared of that because, again, of their church background, religious background, God, their view of God. It's like a toxic God philosophy, though, because the view is 
if I do something like that, God's going to be angry at me, pissed at me, right. I'm going to go to hell, mm -hmm. etc. rather than to realize, no, God created these things. Mm -hmm. And God wants you to move toward, we were talking about this earlier, offline, love. How do you move toward a place of love? Mm -hmm. Yoga helps you do that. Tantra helps you do that. Mm -hmm. Most of the church world has not woken up to how to do that. So for the whole lifestyle audience, you're definitely dabbling in things, mm -hmm. relationship, touch, feelings, love, sex, etc. Figure out what you want to call that. But when you can move that to a non-dualistic understanding and move it toward wholeness, you'll sense a deeper connection than you ever have before. I love that. That's absolutely it's, wild. It's very true. Yeah. We call coming to Hito sometimes going to church. For us. We do it all the time. Mm -hmm. People ask us where we're going. We're going to church mm -hmm. for the week. We're going to church, yeah. And it's funny. Uh, a couple of things, I guess. Number one, uh, I, I probably feel more at peace here than I do just about anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, the people, the connections we make, the might. I, I really enjoy making people happy. Mm -hmm. You guys know that from just spending any time around me here. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, right? it's uh, it drives her insane sometimes because I'm always on when we're here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, something happened, you know. And it's you and I were talking earlier this week, and you said that you were being touched during your massage, and you just became emotional, and you, you know, all of a sudden you had tears and. That happens to me probably five times a week here. It's why I always have sunglasses on because something or somebody, something happens and I'm like, damn it, there they are again, you know? And it's, and, and it's because the experience, right? And there was, uh, since you're an old Hito vet like we are, the mind, the body, the spirit, the soul. It was a tagline they used in the mid 80s here at the resort and I'm really sad they got away from it because I felt like it described the experience of connecting with people here the way that it happens. And it's so unique. Yeah. And I know that there are other places where people connect around the world. Don't send me hate mail and go, we do that at Desire too. Okay, I get it, right? But it's different here. There's a magic to it. Yeah. Uh, and a great example is we're on our catamaran cruise yesterday. I don't know if you guys happen to catch this, but the girls up front, they played, they, a song came on and the girls broke out into a coordinated dance for me. And lip syncing. Lip syncing yeah. to a song. Yeah. Cute. to me and I almost lost my shit like and and not because it was you know, just a sheer entertainment value but they wanted to give something back to me and I was just so overwhelmed that somebody that a group of people cared that much about something we've done for them over the course of this week I, I loved watching them celebrate you in that way it was yeah. beautiful yeah so anybody listening to the show that thinks this is just about sex or that hedonism is about being naked or just about sex you are wrong and I very seldom tell somebody you are plain wrong, especially when we're talking about spirituality, especially if we're talking about Unless religion. Oh, well, no, sometimes <laughs> I can't help it. Sometimes I'm wrong, and I, it's usually when I'm telling her she's wrong. <laughs> but life you know. is full of experiences, yeah. and so often during normal life, we get so busy, everything just stays in the in our head, yeah. and so it's just mental. Mm -hmm. And we forget that experiences are what are things that keep us alive, mm -hmm. things that we want, whether it's spiritual experiences or physical experiences or emotion, emotional experiences, all of those things are important. And it's, a, it's about experiencing life. Like people want to be happy and joyful, but they're just, they just stay home. You know, the life and happiness happens through people and experiences, mm -hmm. not reading a book <laughs> or how to do something. Yeah. How do you guys feed your souls? Is, is it here at Hito or do you go to church? I mean, what, what do you what do you do personally as, as pastors yeah, and as coaches? What do you yeah. do? Good question. We try to do that in a lot of different ways. Feel free to chime in here. Um, well, we go to the beach a lot when we can. To be you know? in creation. Mm -hmm. but creation is what, a large one. Hiking, beach, mountains, um, those kinds of things really feed. And be able to sense God in those things, right? God in everything. If God, One of my most spiritual experiences has been being in the midst of a snowstorm because God was in that snowstorm. It was white, which helped me feel like the sense of grace. There was wind, which helped me feel the sense of spirit. The trees were blowing, which just felt like you know, it was just amazing power in that. It was one of the most spiritual experiences I ever had. So getting in nature would be one. And we value time together. I mean, that's a large mm -hmm. part of it. And we're both learners, so we're 
always just trying to learn new things. And that's actually self-care for us. Just yeah. learning, yeah. Uh, whatever it could be. Another one I already <laughs> mentioned, it was relationships. Finding people we can really have really deep, great talks with. To be our true self with. Yes. Not feel like we have to wear a mask yeah. that people put on when they do go to church. And we do go to church on a regular basis as well. Yeah, But, but it's, it's about the people. It's like meeting people, helping others be true to themselves yeah. and giving them that freedom in a way the culture today, the younger culture, does a better job at that. Yeah. Their tolerance, tolerance is the word that they've used in that for that generation yeah. of accepting others yeah. for who they are. They actually do a better job I, at that I, I than the older have, people. Yeah, I think they have a much better um, innate sense of community and mm -hmm. supporting their tribe when it comes to they, that. They judge it's very less. natural, yes. And they judge and less. I think that's part mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One other one that comes to mind is dealing with our minds and the tendencies we have to have really unhealthy, toxic thoughts that we think and our minds kind of can go there. So what does it mean to replace those toxic, unhealthy thoughts with healthy thoughts? Okay. And to be able to do that and not end up in negative places mm -hmm. rather than just to escape, really do that. Another would be bodily even to be able to try to take care of our bodies with with as much health as possible, good nutrition, good exercise, sleep, sleep sex, sex, lots of sex, lots of sex, sex. I had to throw that one in here. More sex, lot of different places, sex, outdoor, outdoor sex. Um, yeah, but just the way the body in it. Again, we're going back to understanding how do you care for yourself. You can't do it just one way. And we're talking about spirituality. People think, well, that must just mean going to church or you must just mean reading a spiritual book. No, it means all of those things that are accessible around us to be able to care for yourself, to care for your soul. People have different interpretations for what that means. My favorite definition is just the soul is kind of like the operating system of a computer. It just keeps everything running and you want it to work. When you yeah. boot up your computer, you don't want it to crash. Yeah. Your, your soul can crash. And so to be able to pay attention and to have self-care, which is a good word, Mallory, to use for that is so important. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And we all have to realize we all start at the place that we are and to not beat ourselves up for the mm -hmm. place, whatever we need to grow in and mm -hmm. become better at, to just know this is where I'm at mm -hmm. because of my life circumstances from childhood, possibly. Mm -hmm. I just need to start here mm -hmm. and just know I'm going to start helping myself be better be healthier and whether it's a massage maybe some people don't aren't comfortable with a massage the touch of that just start somewhere mm. choose something to help you become less shameful about your body so i started with a threesome last night <laughs> sorry you did <laughs> right i'm like the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step or two people eating your pussy but whatever so you know it, it's funny we've talked about a lot of themes here today we've talked about about shame and we talked about spirituality and we talked about kind of integrating that into your life and there are people that are in churches out there that are maybe you know there's a bake sale on sunday and you had a gangbang on saturday night then there's an instead of and now i'm not saying that you should go into that bake sale and be like, guess what i did ladies <laughs> okay because there's also decorum right and and propriety and hey, if that's not your bag, I'm not going to go in and wave that in your face and say that, you know, I was number three in a train last night. You know, that's, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is who you are is okay. Mm -hmm. Who you are is acceptable. And it's not just acceptable to us because we're here at Hedonism with beautiful people having a wonderful time. It's acceptable to God. It's acceptable to whom? It's acceptable to you. Who you are in the mirror is good. Right, And if it's not good with you and it's not good with who you want to be, you can change it by changing one thing, right? Take one step and make a move yeah. and then go in that direction, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, the time with you guys, I hope it helps somebody. Yeah. I hope this helps yeah. somebody make that I change. I hope so too. Yeah, that one step, move toward love, move toward goodness. Mm -hmm. Understand that God has an ending love and goodness available to you yeah. and it's all around us. Dive into that. Yeah, I like I said, here, welcome to the Mindfuck episode. <laughs> everybody. And by the way, my favorite is snowfall, and not just the snow, but the silence of snowfall. That it's that there's it's the only silence like it in the world. That I've been in, in some incredibly silent environments, including a sensory deprivation chamber. That kind of silence, your own thoughts will drive you crazy. But snowfall, 
you hear every single flake hit the ground, but it does it silently. It's like, this is so weird, but it's beautiful. And having grown up in the North, uh, now in the South, I don't, I miss it, but I don't, <laughs> right? Not in the least. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a really special experience for us to be able to spend this time, not only one of our favorite places in the world, mm -hmm. but two of our favorite people we've ever interviewed, because this has really yeah. been a very warm experience for us and different. And by the way, our tantric massage is Saturday morning. Oh, yeah, nice. Can't wait to talk this Good to job. Yeah. <laughs> so We're I'm going to get some hot check ladies to rub their naked asses all over me and I'm looking forward to it. Now maybe I'll come out of it feeling all weepy and spiritual, but for now, hot check naked lady rubbing her naked ass all over me sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so we're going to get in our show notes and we're going to put in some contact information. If you have questions, folks, uh, for Mitch and Cindy, send them to us in the meantime, if you can't, and we'll get in touch with them for you. Uh, if you have, I mean, you know, you're probably going to have questions and I don't think that we answer questions definitively. That's not how this works. No. Yeah. It, you have to answer it, but we can certainly put you with people who will help guide you. Mal, do you want to tell everybody how they can find us so we can let these sure. good people go? Sure. You, we are Casual Swinger everywhere. That's podcast at casualswinger.com if you want to reach out and ask questions. It's Casual Swinger on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, SLS Cassidy, SDC, SLS, and Quiver. It's always a mystery to me how she remembers all the damn different places we are. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Casual Swinger. <laughs> <laughs>